Monday, and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, broadcasting the truth. On freedominamericaradio.com, Restoration Radio United Kingdom International, the GAL Network from South Texas, freedominamerica.us radio. We know who you are, though, Obama. We've seen what you did with our own two eyes. A big pack of lies for seven years. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I sat around over the weekend and I watched the baseball games and football games and but there was something that kept bubbling up in my mind that just, I don't know, I didn't really, I wasn't really into what I was watching, the games, if you will. I was more concerned with my country. As I looked at those huge crowds that were there to watch the baseball games and football games, Americans all, I just wondered how many of those individuals that attend these games are really concerned about the situation in our country. How many of those individuals and their families and extended families really know the dire straits that our country's in? How many of those individuals that were sitting in the stands were more concerned about a football or baseball game than they were with the freedoms that are being constantly attacked by the socialist communist left. You know, I guess I'm one of those individuals that kind of let my love of country, my fear for where it's going, my fear for my grandchildren and future generations and what they're going to have to face. And I, I, I just drift off and think about things like that. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that do the same thing. You might be involved with a daily task or a daily mundane, mundane thing that you have to do every day at work. Sometimes your mind drifts away and thinks about those things that I discovered. Then you have individuals in America that don't want to be bothered, have no concerns. Hell, they don't even have any idea. And furthermore, they don't give a damn about where their country's going, who's in charge of it, the plight of their children or of their future generations. They're only wrapped up with themselves and how they can get out and screw somebody and make a little more money to buy a new boat or a new car or all those material things that a lot of Americans are tied up with these days. But you know, ladies and gentlemen of America, when you talk to individuals 
And you start talking about, well, how's your children? How are you today? I hope you're having a good day. I hope there's no problems hanging over your head. And when I talk to people, I I talk in that, kind of that vein, if you will. Because I'm really, you see, I'm really concerned about my fellow Americans. I'm really concerned about my America, my, my country. And we Americans... Not so much now, but in the past. And I'm drifting back, way back, probably to the 40s and 50s, where I can actually point to. Back in those days, Americans were concerned about each other. Americans had each other's back. Americans loved America. Americans came out and said, there's no place like America. God bless America, the home of the land and the land of the free and the brave and the hardworking. But it's gone, it's drifted away, America has, from all that. We're now in a situation where we're all strangers to people down the road. Nobody knows each other anymore. For the most part, nobody takes the time or has the time to make other than maybe a really tight-knit circle of friends, if you want to call them that. Nobody talks to each other anymore. They text. They send words and they appear on a small screen. And all the sincere things that you say to a person via your voice are gone. Now they're just text. Just cold letters and numbers on a small screen where you're constantly texting back and forth about God. I don't know what. America has lost touch with itself. America has lost touch with other Americans. Our government no longer works for we the people. Our government no longer provides all those things through legislation that we as Americans agree on because see what we agree on as we the people. Well, they just don't count inside the beltway. That's pretty evident to us people who pay attention. Now, I was up on Twitter the other day and there were people and I was doing the same. We was just going back and forth, talking about this and that, and voicing our concerns via top, typing, typing in those cold little letters and numbers instead of talking with our voices from the heart. One trying to outdo the number on snide little remarks or smart little remarks or cute little remarks or whatever the case may be, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else. But I was talking to a group of individuals and I was, we were tweeting back and forth about, oh God, I don't even know what it was now. And I made the comment about one of the tweets and I said, we're just preaching to the choir. We're just preaching to the choir when we talk about the left 
And we talk about what they're up to and Obama and Hillary, the whole bunch. And the person came back and said, oh, yeah, but when we tweet, well, I know we're tweeting to the car, but to the choir, but it makes people feel good. It makes people think or understand or whatever the case may be, I'm paraphrasing now, that people care. My God, I said to myself, if this is how we express our love for fellow Americans and how we care for fellow Americans, we're in deep trouble. Deep trouble. So I made a resolution to myself that when I'm up on Twitter, from that day forward, and when I do send out a tweet, I'm going to include my picture. And that picture is really me. And when people read my tweet, they're going to see my picture. They're going to see my face. And if they want to know more about me, they can go read my bio on Twitter. Who Gary Gatehouse is, in a brief, short synopsis, who I am, what I stand for, where I come from. And as cold and as withdrawing as Twitter is when you're doing all your little tweets, you don't, you don't really have the opportunity to reach out and shake hands or talk verbally to the people that you're going back and forth with. You probably never will. So somebody or someone who tweets that includes includes their picture, their real picture, not a cartoon or a whatever, that's just a little bit of yourself being up on that screen when you're saying what you're saying about whatever. But I've also made a resolution that I'm not going to go up there and spend an hour or two or three a day going back and forth. It's For the most part, Twitter is informative. It's a way to get the word out about things that are going on in this country that the mainstream media is either misreporting or not reporting. It's just a tool for we the people. It's a tool that we can use in a positive mode to hold our representatives up in Congress's feet to the fire. Sometimes they get on there and they send out a tweet. And we can go right back and say, hey, how about this? How about that that you said or didn't do? That's, of course, we people who pay attention, we can do those things. You folks that are up there tweeting about Hollywood or some basketball player or whatever, and that's your whole world, well, you, you don't even count. You're in a completely different room of Twitter, if you will, Twitter. But these social environments that we wrap ourselves around on the Internet, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, if we use them properly, if we use them properly, we can influence people. We can present the facts. We can present the truth. And, oh, I'm, I'm the first to say the people on the left, when a conservative presents the facts, the numbers, whatever you want to present to them to prove your point, they're not going to listen to you. 
They're not. They are in a different world. They march by a different tune. That's pretty evident. Us folks that have been battling on the battlefield of political warfare for years, we know this. We know the left and what they march to, my way or the highway. So when we're up there on these social outlets, if you will, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and we're providing information in a general terms or down to the nitty-gritty terms of uh, what's going on in a particular issue or who's voting for what or who's talking about what or who said this or who said that. We know that there's only certain people or certain lots of people or segments of the population that is going to pay attention to it. That's what I said when I said preaching to the choir. Those people maybe didn't hear what this person said or what that person said. So if it comes to that, maybe that person ought to go back and say, thank you for the information. I missed that. Thank you very much. I'll pay more attention next time. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, we folks who use those social outlets, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, there are some of us that use another outlet. And I'm talking about us folks that run these little dinky radio stations on the Internet. Now, these little dinky radio stations are no way compared. You can't compare them to the likes of Rush Limbaugh or Mark Levine or Sean Hannity or any of those individuals, except in one way. And I'm not pointing the finger at anybody when I make this following statement. We folks who run these little radio stations, we folks who are guests or operate shows on these little radio stations, for the most part, are conservative folks who are concerned about our country, concerned about Europe, concerned about the world. And we've taken it upon ourselves to go beyond typing out the twit, Twitter or going on Facebook. We've gone beyond that. We've put together a show. We've taken the time and the money and the wherewithal to do it another way. Getting the word out via voice like you're hearing me right now. Now, those individuals that run those radio stations, they have no sponsors. They ask, they answer to nobody but the conservative community. No sponsors involved. No dictating to the radio owner or the show operator or the show host, you will say this or you will say that or you don't say this or you don't say that or we're going to pull your sponsorship. We don't have any sponsorship. We have none. And I'll just give you a, a few examples on how the Gary Gatehouse radio show operates. It's a two-hour show. It operates Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Before I go on the air, like all good conservative talk show hosts, I read a whole litany of different news breaks, issues, etc. of the day. I pick out the ones that I think are most uh, in line with my listeners on my show. 
And that's what I run with for the show that day. It doesn't take me an hour to do a show. To do a two-hour show, it takes me approximately three and a half hours. But beyond that, it also takes me time to read news media, edit, put it together, put it on the screen, to do my commercials. I do my own commercials, not for people who sponsor me money-wise, but for the radio operator, the radio show operators, the people who run their little radio stations. That's the people I advertise. That's the people who I'm committed to. But my biggest commitment is to the American people. My biggest commitment has been my whole adult life to the American people. Now, I don't spin anything. I don't spin a damn thing. I talk about the news in the context of how I see it based on my background and knowledge as a senior intelligence officer with a national intelligence agency that I served for 31 years, my military service, including Vietnam veteran in country, a grandfather, a Christian, a husband, a Texan, a patriot, and the many, many peoples that I've dealt with throughout my adult life in all kinds of situations, good situations, life-threatening situations, you name it. That's where Gary Gatehouse is coming from when he talks about an issue. And I don't owe anybody a penny. Nobody asked me for money. They run my shows because they believe in what I say. They are fellow conservatives who are concerned about the shape the country's in, concerned about the security of the United States and people now and people in future generations. We are all caretakers of America, and it is up to us to make sure things are right for the next generation. That's what a big part of my show is all about. So you see, when you come down to it, we're all in this together whether we're up there typing and tweeting on Twitter, running a little group on Facebook, or just chatting across the fence to our neighbors, part of a church group, part of a, of a, a veterans group, whatever the group may be, or whatever this cause, or cause that you are tied up with, we're all in it together. This is our country. This is where we live This is where we get up every morning, go to work. This is where we go to sleep at night and start the whole process over every day. There's no denying that. And America is our country. We're responsible for it. We are the caretakers, like I said. We are the caretakers of our country. What we do with it while we're alive, walking around on the face of the earth in our country... Well, I guess it's up to us collectively what we're going to hand over to our children and our grandchildren. In future generations, we will never have the opportunity to meet. We can't just say, oh, hell, I don't give a damn what this country's like. After I'm gone, it won't bother me. It won't affect me. I won't be here anymore. That's pretty narrow-minded and that's pretty selfish. 
we should be concerned. We are God's creatures. God created us in His image and likeness. And I'm sure if He was here today, He would tell us. You take care of your country. You take care of your people. And when you're gone and you come to to my house after you pass on, I want to look down on earth and see that your children and future generations will have a country that they can be proud of, a country that they can raise their children in without threats to their Christian religion, etc. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after the Phyllis Schlafly Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney, author of 25 books, and respected spokesman in the media and before legislative committees on conservative and pro-family issues. She was named one of the 100 most important women of the 20th century by the Ladies' Home Journal. Now, here's the founder of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. The media have jumped at the opportunity to report that two women were able to complete the Army Rangers Training School and graduate with full Ranger status. This comes after a mandate from the Pentagon for the Army to open all combat roles to women. The two women are the only ones to complete the course out of the 19 women who attempted it. Ranger schools are held 11 times per year and have been actively encouraging female volunteers since the Pentagon mandate. Clearly, these two women are the exception, not the rule. Many people simply don't understand the challenges that these women and their male team members will face are only just beginning. Commander Richard Marcinko, founder of the famous SEAL team that killed Osama bin Laden, recognizes this. Marcinko has come out in opposition to women being allowed into Navy SEAL units. One reason he cites is that co-ed SEAL teams could confuse the combat decisions of leaders. He recognizes that men have an inherent instinct to protect women, and this could be a distraction from their missions. Feminists like to arrogantly say that men should just get over that natural male instinct in the name of equality. However, they ignore the very reason why our military exists. We don't have a military to promote so-called gender equality, women empowerment, or any of the other buzzwords that feminists throw around. The job of our military is to protect Americans and American interests and to kill enemies who try to harm us. Having women in the Army Rangers or the Navy SEALs does not advance this goal, and military leaders like Commander Marcinko know it, and we thank him for his clear statement. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. President Obama took an oath as Commander-in-Chief, but he is dismantling American military superiority. How do you respond to that? Join the blog conversation with Phyllis Schlafly at eagleforum.org. Voice your support for policies that strengthen our troops and defend our nation. Join the blog at eagleforum.org. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedominamericaradio.com.
Yep, it happened to me. I was in a crash. I was talking on my cell phone. Then, it happened. I was in a crash. I was, like, texting my friend. Then, it happened. It happens. I was in a crash. I was putting on my makeup. Then, it happened. Reaching for my coffee. I was just reaching. Then, then, it happened. Distracted driving is deadly driving. A message from the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. If you're pregnant and you smoke, you need to know that your risk of your baby being born too small is one and a half to three and a half times greater. By quitting now, your baby has a better chance to be born at a normal weight and to have healthy lungs. But it's also important for you to stay smoke-free after your baby's born. For free materials on quitting or to speak to a quit coach, call the National Quit Line at 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Public Health Service. All right, I know you're working hard being Monday and you're just coming off a good weekend. How about we slow this down a little bit? No politics, just kick back and have a listen. I'd like to give a shout out to some of my listeners that I know are tuned in. Uh, Jan, I hope you're having a great day. Scarlett, haven't heard from you a while. Alice, man, I don't know where you're at. (laughs) Doc, I hope you're having a great day. Dr. Marty up there on Twitter, I hope you're having a great day as well. And all my listeners out there in Sweden, keep those emails coming. I enjoy reading them. And some of the pictures you send are just most, they're absolutely beautiful, the countryside. Sweden, those folks over in Sweden, they're great, aren't they? And all my mates down there in London, I hope you had a great weekend. Back to the grind, right? 
Ah, oh, you'll get over it come Wednesday, hump day. A couple of pints will set you straight. I wish I was there with you. You know, folks, Gary Gatehouse is pro-life. I've, I've always been a pro-lifer. I've been with the pro-life movement for a long, long time in my heart, in my mind. And up on Twitter, I, I my logo, if you will, is a big red heart, pro-life, along with my picture. And you can visit me on Twitter at, the, at G-A-L Network. That's the... Uh, site that I'm on, the GAL Network on Twitter. I have a page up there. A lot of friends, a lot of people drop by, a lot of conservatives. Mr. Donald Trump, I've talked with him and he's talked with me and he's retweeted quite a few of mine. So I appreciate that, Mr. Trump. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we talk about pro-life and we talk about all the individuals that are involved trying to get the truth out about the abortion clinics, Planned Parenthood, etc. A lot of times they are really under the boot, if you will, of the left and left-wing media, mainstream media, Pravda West. But they never waver. They They are always there. They always stand up for what they believe in, the sanctity of life. And that's something that America today has walked away from, has moved away from the sanctity of life, human beings, the treatment of, humane treatment of. People in pro-life, including Gary Gatehouse, we believe every life is precious in the womb and once born. We believe that every human being in the womb is a creation of God Almighty. Created in His image and likeness. But there are individuals in the political realm of things, and there is a political party, that would be the Communist Democrat Party, and I call them the Communist Democrat Party because that's what I believe they are. They are the party of death, the party of murder the party of perversion, the party of misinformation, disinformation, propaganda, and spin, and lies. This look what makes up the Democrat Party. Look at one of the leaders right now that occupies the Rainbow House, formerly the White House. He's a liar. He's a supporter of murder in the womb. He's a supporter, a big supporter of perversion of all types. He hates America. He hates the military. He has no regard for the Constitution whatsoever. No regard for we the people whatsoever. He, as he looks at himself, is the man. He is WFIC. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, you look at him, you look at Hillary Clinton, you look at Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Reed, you look at the whole bunch. And they're all losers. Every one of them are losers. 
all of their political stances are built on lies and immorality and immoral looking way of looking at things. Yet there's a large segment of the American people that follow these individuals, that stand with them, that lie for them, that fall on their swords for them. Now, I talked about this the other day, and I got a whole heap of emails from left-wingers asking me just who in the hell I thought I was talking about the Democrat Party calling to the Communist Party and the, commun- and the party of murder and death and perversion. And all I had to say back to them was, truth hurts, doesn't it? Truth really digs in, doesn't it? You can deny all the facts out there about you people on the left. You can deny it every day, and you do. But it doesn't make it go away. And it will never go away. Truth hurts. It digs in. But these individuals on the left and their leaders, they are hell-bent, I guess, on murdering every baby in the womb because they do not consider those babies in the womb American citizens. They don't consider them human beings. They just consider them, oh, I don't know, hunks of meat, whatever. But they damn sure don't consider them human beings. Now there's a guy, his name is Luis Gutierrez. He's a Democrat from Illinois. And he made the statement, Planned Parenthood is safe from legislation and there's nothing you, he's talking about us conservatives, he's talking about all of us concerned people in America that are against the murder of unborn babies. He's saying there's nothing you can do about it. He's giving us the finger. He's sticking his finger in our eye. He says, like I said, he said there's not. he's not worried about lawmakers having a legislative impact on Planned Parenthood because President Obama will veto that legislation and there's nothing you can do about it. Period. And you know what? In the whole scheme of things, he's right. When it comes to political issues to the point of doing away with the funding, using taxpayer money to fund Planned Parenthood, do away with that, there's nothing we can do. We have a do-nothing Republican leadership who are afraid of their own shadows, hide under their desks, And don't speak out. Then we have the left. The communist left. Who, like I said, have no respect for the unborn. They consider it a parasite. Whatever. Now this guy, this loser from Illinois, Newton Terrace, he told his committee members he was not at all concerned with any legislation that may be initiated from the proceedings of that committee. I'm not that worried about it. I tell, I tell the women of America, you are safe. 
because your hero, your daddy, this is Gary Gatehouse speaking now, because you have a daddy in the White House. You get pregnant, daddy will take care of you if you want that baby, that parasite. And for the most part, if you don't want that baby or parasite, daddy will take care of you again. Daddy Obama and daddy government will take care of you. After all, we are your mother and father. And we'll provide the money. Regardless of what the right says, regardless of all those pro-life people, regardless of what Jesus Christ and God says about the sanctity of life, we don't give a damn. I'm not worried, says Guten Terrace. I'm not that worried about it. I'll tell the women of America you are safe because you have a president of the United States that will veto any legislation that comes out of this committee and might make it to the floor of the House. He'll vote that legislation and there's nothing you people that are concerned about the unborn can do. That's what he's telling us. That's what he's saying to America. You have no control over this whatsoever, even though we are spending your taxpayer money for Planned Parenthood, these butcher houses that butcher the unborn and pull them apart leg by leg, arm by arm. Head by head, brain, hearts, liver, and sell them to the highest bidder. You have no control over this. Neither does God. If you read between the lines from what he's saying, we're in power. We're in charge of America. And we know all you pro lifers out there, you're waging a war on these poor women that want to murder their babies. That's what Guten Terrace is saying. That's what the Communist Democrat Party is saying. And that's what all you people on the left are saying that support these heathens. That's what you're saying. You're saying to God, you're saying to Jesus Christ, you're saying to fellow Americans, you're saying it to fellow human beings that these kids in the womb are just nothing but hunks of meat and parasite and we don't give a damn about them because that's all they are. You tell us they're God's creation, you're full of crap. They're nothing more than a hunk of meat. And we'll sell them, we'll part them out like parts off of a car and we'll sell them to anybody that wants them that wants to do any kind of scientific whatever on them you know ladies and gentlemen of America when you talk about abortion when you talk about all the things that are involved with abortion when you talk about the individuals that work in the clinics and operating rooms of Planned Parenthood that rip these unborn babies out of a woman's womb, lay them in a Petri dish and dissect them and separate them. Oh, there's a good arm. That'll go for about 200 bucks. Oh, that brain. We can get 300 out of that. Doesn't this resonate with you at all? All you that support all this heathenism that's going on? Doesn't that resonate with you at all? 
How many of you out there, before I go to break, I have to ask you this. How many of you out there, fellow Americans, that sign on with the Democrat Party, support it 100%, knowing that they support abortion, support and fund Planned Parenthood to rip babies out of the women's wombs and dissect them and sell them like car parts. How many of you individuals are Christian? How many of you go to church every Sunday and kneel down whether you're Catholic and make the sign of the cross or whatever, sing out of your prayer hymn books, whatever, and pray to the Almighty? How many of you walk into that church every Sunday knowing that the party, the Communist Democrat Party that you support and the abortions that they support and your tax money that you say is okay to support, how many of you actually think that you are good Christian people? How many of you people think that God would say to you, oh, I understand that you're for abortion and I understand that you're uh, for destroying my creation. And I understand that you don't care about human life. And I understand that you think that your political party is in charge and you have nothing to answer to me, God. You don't have anything to answer to me about. I understand all that. Carry on. Everything's okay. Do you think that's what he'd tell you if he met you coming out of church or going into church or kneeling down beside your bed at night to pray? Do you honestly think he would say that? All you preachers out there that turn the other way. All you preachers and men of the cloth that support abortion in one way or another. Either by not preaching against it or telling the congregation it's your choice and it's okay. Where are you going to be in the whole scheme of things that day you pass on. Where are you going to be? What are you going to tell your maker? You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, moms and dads, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, all you folks out there in America, every one of you is a creation of God. Every one of you is an individual that God created and knows about you, loves you. And yet, a large segment of the American population turns their back on him. By by saying that, either publicly or in your own heart and mind, that abortion is okay. I've never done it, so I don't really care what other people do. I'm not going to speak out against it. I have too many friends that are for it. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a few short messages. You who are on the road must have a code that you can live by. 
You know, pro-life is God's work. And all you pro-life individuals out there, the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show supports everything that you do for God's biggest and best and most cherished creation, human life. Their father's health did slowly go by and feed them on your dreams. The one they picked, the one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why if they told you you would cry. So just look at them and sigh And know they love you You are listening to the sound of the heartbeat of an unborn baby just 28 days after conception. Every day, more than 3,000 abortions are performed in this country, and each abortion stops the heartbeat of a living, unborn baby. Since 1973, the annual number of abortions has gone from approximately 750,000 a year to just under 1.3 million. Abortion isn't rare or safe, only legal. Legalized abortion on demand has taken the lives of more than 50 million unborn children and left those women who have had abortions more vulnerable to physical, mental, and emotional complications. We at National Right to Life are working to break this cycle. We are working for the day when both mother and child will be welcomed, loved, and protected. Won't you help us? This has been a Perspective on Life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website, nrlc.org. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Well, thank you, Darla, and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on Restoration Radio United Kingdom International, housed in London, the epicenter of conservative movement in Europe. You know, you folks out there that listen to the show, and uh, I get a lot of emails from you, and I just want to pass this along. I really appreciate your emails. Um, I enjoy reading them. I enjoy your comments. And a lot of you lately have been sending me pictures of uh, your homeland, pictures of forests and streams and some have even sent me pictures of your cars and your houses. and That's all great stuff. I love it. Just keep it coming. All you folks in Europe, I like to direct a lot of my comments to what's going on in your neck of the woods because, you see, my ancestors came from Europe. So I have blood ties with you all over there. I really do, like most Americans do. We have blood ties that goes back for centuries, we uh, most of us here in the United States came from Europe, European stock, if you will. And most of us know that you guys over there are in dire straits, whether it be France, Germany, Italy, United Kingdom, England, whatever. We know that you people are under the foot 
of those that would want to completely whitewash everything that your country stand for and start over from square one as something other than what what Europe is, is all about. And I know it is disheartening to you to constantly be under the attack from the left, constantly having to look at what your leaders are doing. That's, it flies in the face of what you as Brits or you as uh, Germans or, or Italians or French people, what you think you know about your country and what you want to be heard about, but your governments refuse to do it for some reason. You know better than I what is the driving force in your governments. What is behind it all? I guess you do. I can look at my country here across the pond in the United States and I can see that what's going on in your country is just a reflection of what is either going on in our country or just about ready to take foothold here. And I can see the same attitude of the American people, the majority of, as the same attitude of the European folks, the majority of. They're either so caught up in their daily lives that they don't understand what's happening to their country, they don't care, or they're just going around, riding the wave to see which way that wave finally lands. I don't know. But I know in my country, speaking from the heart and mind of a patriot, not a sunshine patriot, mind you, a patriot that is a patriot in the good times and the bad times, I'm very concerned. Very, very concerned about the whole makeup of an American these days. Physically, mentally, their psyche, what they think about, how they look at things, how they process what they hear, see, and what they do. It's all under attack for the most part from the left who consider themselves the only ones who are really informed, who are really enough educated to carry on with their leftist, communist, socialist, Marxist, progressive ideas. And they expect no people on the right no people, no conservatives, to really give them any problems. Because you see, the people on the right, they really don't speak up. Christians really don't speak up collectively. And that's a state of affairs here in the United States. You don't really know who to count on anymore. You don't really know who is really honestly telling the truth anymore. From the guy that you have a chat with at the water cooler in work? Your preacher? Your priest? The teachers in your uh, public school systems? We used to be called schools. Now they're indoctrination clinics. Indoctrinating your children every day into socialism and communism. But what really scares me, before we, before we go to the uh, top of the hour news break, What really scares me more than anything here in America is the attitude of the American people. The American people today, and I'm not saying all of us are this way, but the majority of us are this way, 
they really they they really honestly don't care about what's going on in America. They really don't. It's fairly evident. You watch the news, you listen to the news, you you talk to people around you, you see people in the workplace uh out shopping what and their their attitudes and the way they carry themselves and the way they dress, the way they look, they don't care about themselves or nobody else when it comes to certain things. Now, down in my neck of the woods in South Texas, and I live about 35, uh, 40 miles from a very large city, metropolitan area, San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas, for the most part, is ran by the communist left. It's ran by Hispanics. Hispanics have completely changed the whole the whole attitude of this city. The, the, uh, the uh, demographics of this city is predominantly Hispanic. Predominantly Hispanic. And a lot of those are illegals. A lot of them are illegals. Now, I've been here off and on in the San Antonio area since 1961 when I left here to go join the military and came back many, many times during my 30 years serving my country, and I settled back here again. When I lived here before San Antonio, back in the 50s and 60s, was just a sleepy little town where everybody got along. Today it's a huge city. Huge. And it's overran with illegals. It's overran with people who do not sign on to the Constitution of the United States, do not sign on to the fact that Texas is a republic, do not honor Texas law or federal law. They just don't. And the people that run San Antonio, I'm just using San Antonio as an example of what is going on all over the country. They march to their own tune. They have no regard whatsoever of federal law, of federal income taxes that are supporting a lot of what goes on in San Antonio, they know they'll get it because they have a hero as their concern, uh, as they know, in the White House, in the Rainbow House. That'd be Barack Hussein Obama Jr. They know he's with them. Consequently, with Obama's blessing, with the left's blessing, with the Democrat Communist Party's blessing, with Hispanics' blessing, San Antonio is very soon to be a sanctuary city. Thumbing its nose, giving the American population, whether it be white, brown, green, or yellow, that still care about the Constitution, still honor our laws, they are giving us the fingers and telling us to go get screwed. They are in charge, and they're going to run San Antonio, Texas, like its own country. But... One caveat here, they still depend on, they still rely on federal money to run the schools, to run the lunch programs, to run all the programs for illegals, all the handouts, all the welfare, all the uh, housing, you name it, health care. They still depend on the federal government and the money. 
from we the people that are scattered all over the United States who probably a lot of us have never been to San Antonio, but our money is going into the coffers of San Antonio via Washington, D.C. and taxpayer income tax money and supporting these people that are telling us to get screwed. They're going to run San Antonio as its own country. And they're in charge, these Hispanics. Them and their illegals, brothers and sisters. These people on the council that were born and raised here, under the Constitution, under all the laws of the land, they don't give a damn about them. They throw that all out the window because they support their illegal brothers and sisters that are coming across our border illegally. Settling down in San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, Austin, sanctuary cities, little enclaves, or little regional governments, or regional city-states that have been established in the United States of America, and they call them sanctuary cities. They are not part of the United States, other than the fact that they are here geographically and located here, just by the fact that they are inside the borders of this country. They are not part of the United States. And they know that. They know that by the way they dictate things, the way they say things. San Francisco, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Houston. They have representatives that leave this state of Texas and go to Washington, D.C. and represent those city-states. They're not part of America. Yet they live off the American pocketbook and the American billfold. Don't you think it's time that our government put a put a put a stop to this? Don't you think it's time our government pulled plug on these city states? There's one fellow out there that will do it if he's elected, and that's Donald Trump. Mark my word. He's the only individual, him and Ted Cruz, and maybe Ben Carson, I don't know are the only individuals that would put a stop to this. The only individuals that would tell these illegals to get the hell out of our country. Time's coming, ladies and gentlemen, where you're going to have to make a decision. Standing up for your country? Standing against all these yokels that run these city-states inside the borders of whatever state you live in? And you're supporting them? And not saying anything about them. And your leaders and your representatives up in the House of Representatives in the Senate and that damn fool that lives in the White House are with them. Supporting them. And here we, the American people, sit. Funding all this. Funding all of this. Our money is going towards this. Supporting it. Just like the the uh, abortion clinics. We don't want them, but we're told we don't have no say about it. It's time, folks. It's time to wake the hell up. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Monday edition, Blue Monday, Secret Agent Man. And we'll be back after the five-minute news. Don't go away. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Gary will be back after the clock's five-minute news break.
News Radio, I'm Bill Fitka. Donald Trump in one corner and in the other, Jeb Bush. They're going at it again. Trump and Bush, a grudge match, and both are ramping it up in a fresh fight over 9-11. I don't want Jeb Bush to say, my brother kept us safe, because September 11th was one of the worst days in the history of this country. I'm not thin-skinned when something's truthful. If I did something wrong, and you said I did something, I can handle that, and if the press is bad, I... It's when people hit me when I didn't do anything wrong. You know, it's like, then then it's not a question of thin skin. I will fight back. Trump on Fox News Sunday. For his part, Jeb Bush launched a two-minute social media attack against Trump, saying he doesn't have the wherewithal to be commander-in-chief. Look, my brother uh, responded to a crisis, and he did it uh, as you would hope a president would do. He united the country, he organized our country, and he kept us safe. And there's no denying that. The great majority of Americans believe that. Bush says Trump doesn't look like a candidate for president, but an actor playing the part. Still at large, the man who opened fire at a zombie convention in Fort Myers, Florida, killing one, leaving five others injured. There is still no suspect. Police don't have anybody in custody, and we still don't yet know of a motive for the shooting, which took place at the ninth annual ZombieCon Festival in downtown Fort Myers. All was festive, people dressed in zombie costumes, until at 11.45 p.m. when shots rang out. The streets were packed. Some 20,000 people said to be standing shoulder to shoulder, again in costumes, some even carrying fake weapons. It's the police responding quickly, seen carrying rifles, barricading some of the area and clearing downtown. Fox's Brian Yenis. The Mets now have a commanding lead in the hunt for the NL championship, beating the Cubs 4-1 to at City Field. The Mets lead two games to none. The series heads to Chicago for Game 3 on Tuesday. You're listening to Fox News Radio, fair and balanced. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trapped. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In English, I learned that I make people sick. And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes In biology, me. I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today... The only thing I didn't learn today... The only thing I didn't learn... Is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the ad. More than halfway there on the fire line in Texas, they now have about 60% containment. Moving into central Texas, higher temperatures, drier air, and stronger winds. We are all ready for this to be over, but it is not over. Bastrop County Judge Paul Poppy says safety remains the focus, which is why some residents are returning home, others remain evacuated. As for power problems... Power in the entire area will be restored by Tuesday. Mark Rose with Blue Bonnet Electric. The Hidden Pines fire has scorched several miles of forest land in an area about 40 miles southeast of Austin. Fox Radio's Pam Puso. Quietly, but only after legal challenges, Virginia grants death row inmates new privileges. There are seven inmates up for execution in Virginia, and there have been legal challenges to keeping them in solitary confinement. A lawyer for some of those men has been meeting with prison officials to improve their conditions, saying things are better but still worse than most other states. The Virginia inmates now get an extra half hour of recreation per day. It was an hour five days a week. 
They can also touch relatives during visits. There was a sheet of glass. And there are plans for a new exercise yard and an activity room for TV, emails, phone calls, and games. Fox Radio's Chris Foster. Claiming the crown at the box office is Halloween. Goosebumps, based on the stories of R.L. Stein, is number one. The abominable snowman just crawled out of a book. That doesn't just happen. You've just released every monster I've ever created. What was that? It's the invisible boy. Uh, he is such a cracker. Goosebumps earning $23 million, The Martian falling to second, in third, Steven Spielberg's Bridge of Spies, and fourth, Crimson Peak from director Guillermo del Toro. And rounding out the top five is the animated Hotel Transylvania 2. In limited release is Truth with Robert Redford as Dan Rather when CBS aired a controversial report on George W. Bush and his National Guard service. It played in six theaters to less than robust numbers. Bill Fitka, Fox News Radio. That's right, living in America. Welcome back to the second hour of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition, Blue Monday. You're listening to your host, Gary Gatehouse, the secret agent man, broadcasting on Free America Radio. (laughs) Free America Radio. Yeah, how much longer is Free America Radio going to exist? You know, ladies and gentlemen, I was reading... An article that comes from across the pond comes from my, uh, what I consider my second home, England. And all you folks over there in England, all you patriots, you know who you are. All of you that stand up against what's going down in your country. All of you folks that Conduct your protests, conduct your radio shows, etc., your blogs. Whatever you can do to get the word out about what's happening to your country. I read this article. Brits prepare to jerk reins on Sharia. And the headline goes on to say, Action to follow probe of Islamic religious rules applied outside the law. The government in the United Kingdom, which has been plagued with no-go zones, where majority Muslims simply enforce their religious Sharia law against everyone, the United Kingdom, the government of, now is planning an investigation of the Islamic religious and cultural rules with a goal of acting on any evidence it's being applied outside of the law. The announcement comes from an officials with Christian Institute who cited the Home Office plans that the probe will be part of the government's counter-extremism strategy. In a written letter to Parliament, Lord Bates said that the government will set up a full independent investigation to assess to what extent Sharia is being applied in a manner that is unacceptable, the organization explained. In a system used by the British Parliament to make announcements about pending issues on the website for Parliament was the question, 
to ask Her Majesty's government when the understanding by the Home Secretary made in a speech on 23 March to set up an independent investigation into the application of Sharia law in Britain will be fulfilled and what the investigation is expected to report. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I have friends in, in Great Britain. I have friends in England. I have friends who live in London. Those friends are all patriots. Those friends are all doing what they can to shine the light of truth on their government and the Muslims and Islam and Sharia law. And it seems to me now, just reading this headline, I don't know if it's just window dressing. I don't know if it's just the Home Office and the government of Britain blowing smoke up UK and British people's ass. I don't know if that's the real crux of the thing or if it's actually something that you folks, you patriots in England, should be ready to act on, ready to push, ready to make sure that these people in government stand up to what they say they're going to do. Now this dude, Lord Bates, and his response was, Sharia councils may be working in a discriminatory and unacceptable way. That is why, as part of the forthcoming counter-extremism strategy, that they're going to be looking into this. They're going to be looking into this. And this commission, this government commission, a full independent investigation to assess what extent Sharia is being applied in a matter that is unacceptable when it comes to British law. The review will commence following the appointment of an independent chair. The terms of reference for the review and its duration will be determined at that point. We will act on any evidence of its application which is outside the law of the British law. Now the Christian Institute reported that in March, way back in March, Baroness Cox had called for a judicial inquiry into the issue. Then just weeks ago, the Christian Institute wrote about the creation of the Equal and Free website that has been set up to collect stories of inequitable treatment under Sharia. It has, the Institute said, powerful stories from women who have suffered inside Sharia law, principles in Britain, people in Britain. One story stood out and it was submitted by Maria and explained she wanted an Islamic divorce to accompany her civil divorce proceedings. She explains how she was blocked a number of times and then was told she might have to give up her children in order to obtain the Sharia dispensation. This was the ultimate blow for me, she said, as I felt I had been waiting all this time only to be told that my children will be taken away from me and my family. I thought my life had ended and I was thrown into a deep water and there was no way out, she wrote. I was told that if I didn't accept this, then in my divorce could not go ahead. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this is a lady who's 
suffering under Sharia law. She's a Muslim lady. But let me stop right there. Let me stop right there. Is this inquiry, is this group going to just investigate those individuals that are Muslim, that are being held hostage to Sharia law? Is this what it's all about? I have to ask the question, what about the British people that live in that country? What about the real British people that live in that country that have Sharia law and all its connotations forced down on them? They can't go into certain areas anymore because they're not Muslim. This is their land, their property. They should have access to any corner niche of public land and property within Great Britain, within England. Are these government officials going to stand up for the British people? Or are they looking just for all those supposed injustices that poor Muslims have suffered under their religion and Sharia law? Is that what it's all about? How about the human rights of British? How about the human rights of the British who live in that country? It's been reported that there are over 100 Muslim enclaves that are de facto off-limits to non-Muslims in the UK due to a number of factors including the lawlessness, insecurity, or religious intimidation that often pervades these areas. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, here's a good example of European government falling on their swords to protect Muslims and people inside the confines of the Islamic religion that want to get out. Under whatever circumstances, Sharia law dictates to them that they do not agree on. Yet British people, real British people, cannot go into certain areas. Over a hundred enclaves inside the UK that are off limits to British people. No go zones, if you will. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, and you think it's not coming here? You think that Islam, in conjunction, in lockstep with our government and that fool that lives in the White House, the Rainbow House, do you not think it's coming here? It's already here. You read news all the time about Muslims and Islam and Sharia law in our country. I just read a law or a, a, a newspaper article the other day about Texas, my state, saying Sharia law will not be established or enforced in our country. It goes against, in our country, our state, the Republic of Texas. It goes against state law. Are we the only state that's standing up against this? Are we the only state in America that is telling the Muslims, you live here under our laws, or you get your ragged ass out of here? You know, ladies and gentlemen, we've taken it on the chin too many times. We've been kicked in the teeth 
we've been beat over the head with political correctness. We've been told by our government we had to shut our damn mouths. We might offend these people that come here from third world trash countries. And they side with them. Just as in Britain. This so-called investigation that the British government is conducting, it seems to me, is one-sided. It marches with Muslims. And it has no condolence or no help at all to the British people who are told to stay out of over a hundred different areas in their country, public areas, because they're non-Muslims. They can't come in. Only Muslims allowed. You know, ladies and gentlemen, that is the biggest mistake any country can make, and Britain's making it. Europe is making it. The America that we live in is on its way to making it, and that is allowing people to come into respective countries not speaking our language of English or whatever the language may be, Italian or French or German, and establishing enclaves, not having any intention whatsoever in assimilating into that country's social and whatever setup, establishing enclaves of their own country inside our countries, running them as if they are small countries, city-states, just like here in America, sanctuary cities, and telling us to stay out of our own country. They use our laws against us. And here we sit, America and Europe, fat, dumb, and happy. We have individuals that have went to the full length that they can, that they can go to without breaking the law. In England, I know some of these people. I know what they're under, what they're after, what the people who are against them are carrying to them. Yet they stand up. They don't shy away. And I honestly, God, think that this article that I have written is just a cover-up of what is really going down in Europe, in England. Non-Muslims, British people just don't count anymore just do not count. You can't even go into public areas that you could once go into in Britain because some ragtag bunch of third world trash from the Middle East has established an enclave there based on their 7th century radical, phony religion, Islam and Sharia and they're telling you, the British people, to stay the hell out because you're not Muslim. I would call that a big kick in the teeth. But you know in some cities like Blackburn in England, the Muslim population exceeds 85%. And 70% in over a half dozen wards in Birmingham and Bradford. That's up northern England, around Leeds, big industrial areas. They run those country, cities as their own country. And if you're non-Muslim, stay the hell out. And the British government lets them get away with it. Now it's been decided on BBC, British Broadcasting, a report that Sharia courts routinely issue rulings on domestic and 
marital issues according to Sharia law that are at odds with British law. Europe's no-go zones are the byproduct of decades of multicultural policies that have encouraged Muslim immigrants to remain segregated from rather than being integrated into their European host nations. In this report also, the predictions are that such zones will eventually be in the United States of America. They're already here. Go to Dearborn, Michigan. This is an example. The ragheads own that city. Muslims own that city. Bobby Jindal from Louisiana, governor. And he was interviewed by Neil Cavuto. And he said that these zones are inevitable in America if the country doesn't insist that immigrant Muslims assimilate. He says Islamists are setting up their own culture within the United States to overturn our culture. We need to recognize that threat, he insisted. He said that there are already neighborhoods in the United States of America that could be defined as no-go zones here in America. He went on to say you can call them whatever term you want. But absolutely, there are neighborhoods we have communities of people in that don't want to integrate or assimilate. But here in America, it's just not Muslims that sign on to no, uh, uh, not to immigrate or assimilate, integrate or assimilate. It's Mexicans as well that have come across this border into our country, live here, in their own little enclaves, you can go south of San Antonio, Texas, in South San Antonio, and down there the language is Spanish. Spanish car dealerships, Spanish radio stations, Spanish news periodicals, Spanish magazines, Spanish businesses, and the word of the day is Spanish. When you're in those areas, you are in Mexico. Yet our government turns its back on the American people just as the British government is now trying to gloss it all over and make it look like they're doing something for the British people with this whole damn problem with Muslims and illegals and whatever coming in to their country. And in our country, America, our government is doing the same thing, turning its back on the real people of those countries. When is Europe... And when is America populations of the real populations, the real Americans, the real British, the real Europeans, when in the hell are they going to wake up to the fact that they are being sold out by their governments? Their governments are doing every damn thing they can to help these individuals that break into our countries illegally live off us. Establish enclaves and tell us to stay the hell out. Enclaves within our own countries. Refuse to speak the English language or the Italian language or German, whatever the case may be. I'm sure some of you have heard of the caliphate that is going on. And it's, it is uh, moving along quite nicely. If you're a Muslim and you look at it and you look at Europe, or when you look at America, we're moving along quite nicely. Yeah, we are. We're going to go get this place. This place is going to be ours. 
You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, not all of us, but I would say the majority of us are a bunch of dumbasses. A bunch of freaking dumbasses. Dislike in Europe, dislike in England. The majority are a bunch of dumbasses. They buy into whatever their damn governments tell them. Whatever their governments say. And they go along, the people of those countries, our country, America, they walk along, shuffle along, texting their little text with their heads down, not even looking around to see what's going on in the reality of their countries. We're being sold down the drain. And it seems to me the majority of Americans and the majority of Europeans could give a rat's behind. We'll be back after a few short messages. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors... It's the least you can do. Exercise is hard. So is maintaining a healthy diet. Of course, neither is half as hard as dying. Sadly... Type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and stroke kill nearly a million people a year. Even sadder, most of these deaths are preventable with a few lifestyle changes, including regular activity, healthier eating, and not smoking. Talk to your doctor about your risk for type 2 diabetes and heart disease. And if your doctor recommends lifestyle changes or medication, listen. The reason so many die is because not enough are willing to change. You can stop it. Starting right now. It's your life. Listen to your doctor. Eat better. Get moving. Visit CheckupAmerica.org or call 1-800-DIABETES. A message from the American Diabetes Association. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Well, thank you, darling. And the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show is going to take a pause. And next up, it's Our Voice with Ricky Rasmussen, an exclusive report from South Africa. Hi there, Gary and the listeners to the Gary Gatehouse Show. It is Ricky with Our Voice from South Africa, and it's a pleasure to present to you information about South Africa. I would like to 
talk about the crime in South Africa, basics. The South African Police Services released the crime statistics on the 30th of September 2015. The statistics shows a grim picture and it's not something to be proud of. I have been talking a lot about murders and more specifically for murders, but the statistics is not specific on this and we can really not trust the statistics on murders as it is known that it is not properly reflected. The murder statistics is comparable to a country at war, according to a report on the statistics. The recently released statistics indicated that there were 17,805 recorded murders between April 2014 and March 2015. The Iraq war has claimed over 20,000 lives in 2014 and 14,000 people were killed in Afghanistan in 2014. South Africa, a country not at war, has had 17,805 people murdered one year. It is up from the previous year's figure of 16,213. Now, the figure of 17,805 is almost 50 people murdered every single day. Now, that is just horrendous. For the month of September alone, as at the 25th of September, 35 farm attacks has been reported, 10 farm murders and 3 possible farm attacks have been prevented. Despite these high instances of farm attacks and murders, our government does not make provision for prioritizing these crimes. I don't know if they hope that the public will forget about it or that it will create a big, better picture, but it is incomprehensible that they can ignore an incident like this. Integrasure published a report and a warning to citizens of South Africa and more specifically their insured and said that the crime statistics highlight an alarming increase in a number of crimes. It paints a concerning picture for the personal safety of South Africans. Lizette Rasmus, she's not family of mine, is the head of insurance expertise at Integra Shishur, and she says that the stats should serve as an important reminder to South Africans to take whatever measures possible to protect themselves and their property. It is important for South Africans and visitors to South Africa to be aware and vigilant at all times and ensure that they are protected. Some of the statistics like residential robberies where fear or force is used by criminals are among of the crimes that South Africans fear the most. It is a source of great concern that residential robberies have seen an increase of 5.2% for this year. The latest figures also show an increase in carjacking of 14.2%. Now that is where you can be on the road anywhere where we travel on daily basis, stopping at a robot at a stop street or next to the road and you will be hijacked in your vehicle. There's nothing really that you can do when you're in your vehicle to protect yourself save from making sure that your vehicle is locked and that you have a clear view of circumstances around you. But what can you do when you sit with a situation where a carjacker point a 
gun at you at your window and insist that you open the door or the window. That is what we are facing in South Africa. A young 19-year-old white male, Adrian Swanepoel, was attacked on the 26th of September in Bethlehem in the Free State by four black knifemen. He was cut, kicked and dragged off his bike. His father found the, um, his son an hour later in the fall where the thugs just left him bleeding. Hours later, the police have not even arrived to investigate this incident. Now, Bethlehem is a small town and one should feel safe in that town if you look at the history of the town and the size of the town and the fact that it's not a city but this incident just showed that you're not safe anywhere this young guy was not helped by the police or the ambulance the neighbors helped him to get to the hospital where he was sewn up and sent home another similar incident happened in Tabazambi, again a small town where a white female was killed and shortly thereafter a mother and her daughter from the all days district was accosted by thugs while traveling in their car they were thrown with stones but they managed to get away this happened on a farm in the all days district and the mother and her daughter was on their way home after the restaurant on the farm has closed down these type of incidents happen on a daily basis and it's really very important that one should be vigilant at all times and be aware of your surroundings the statistics also highlighted a increase in robbery with aggravating circumstances of eight 0.5% and common robbery has increased by 2.7%. Truck hijackings has risen by 29.1%. And this necessitates greater security measures to be put in place by truck and fleet owners in order to protect their drivers as well as their cargo. And you can think about the resultant costs of these measures that the citizens of South Africa has to incur. Erasmus further stated that with the rate of crime and particularly theft, you have to make sure that your car and your household contents are covered by a comprehensive insurance policy. The chances of you being a victim of crime is just too high not to consider having proper insurance. The cost of being robbed can be crippling and being properly insured is the most effective way to avoid that kind of financial distress. She further advised citizens to take a few basic steps which will greatly minimize the risk of crime occurring and even individuals with minimal resources should be able to implement these. Awareness is some of the most important ways to prevent crime and ensure safety of homes, cars and residents. It is known that criminals take advantage of situations where the surrounding communities seem unconcerned and inattentive. If you're constantly and openly aware, it can prove to be a major deterrent to this type of crime. The measures may not eradicate crime altogether, Erasmus said, but it's good to observe some of the below precautions which can significantly increase the safety and well-being of a home and its residents. Now, I wonder if visitors to South Africa are warned about this by travel agencies or do they read up to see what's going on here and what they must be looking out for. The precautions that one can take at your home is perimeter fencing should be present as a first and major barrier to entry. You should encourage a culture of keeping doors and security gates locked locked 
at all times. Keep a minimal amount of cash in the house. Make sure to keep plants and trees around the property neat and trim to ensure clear visibility. Install lights to properly illuminate any dark pathways and outdoor areas. Follow the local council and policing newsletters and ask to be kept abreast of any happenings in the area. Now I must say our neighborhood watch is very helpful in this instance. We have broadband radios and one is alerted to all the incidents in your area and you're also warn about suspicious people and or vehicles in the area. But if you do not have this, then it's a problem because then you may live in the dark. She also warned that one should take out background checks on potential employees before hiring them. Many incidents in houses and in businesses are a result of inside information being passed on by staff members. It is actually scary to think about that. When you have a staff member that leave your employee, you should make sure you collect their keys and change combinations to security features such as safes and alarms. In the event of a burglary or suspicious person entering, loitering around your house, train staff and family members to make note of features such as height, ethnicity, clothing, hair color, etc. As this information is vital for the police investigation should they be necessary. But I have to make a remark here that the police does not really look for these people anymore these days. If they do not happen to stumble into them or if they do not hand themselves over to the police, the possibility of them being caught is very slim. One should also hire a reputable security company with a proven track record of positive results for households. This may include the provisions of security guards on site, CCTV monitoring, alarm systems, roaming armed response vehicles, and you have to make sure that a clear and prominent sign is displayed outside your property stating that these measures are in place and that these systems are regularly for the effectiveness. Vehicle precautions. Install tracking devices in your vehicles. Ensure that you are aware of and know the major hijacking hotspots in your area and try to avoid these. Ensure that your car is properly locked before walking away to mitigate the risk of car jamming or make use of an anti jamming device. This is another big problem, especially at malls or wherever you park your car in the street. You should not trust the automatic locking system because they use these anti they use the jamming devices so that your automatic locking system does not work. You think your car is locked and then the criminals come and empty your car of all your valuables. Further advice is to install anti-smash and grab glass. You might say that this is good advice and that the reasonable person will take these precautions, but I do not think so. People are very laid back until something happened to them and they will not take these precautions and even when they take them, it is at a very high cost. If one takes into account that we pay taxes to be protected by our police or metro police or government officials and you must still spend all this money on perimeter walls, alarm systems, armed response, weapons, anti-smash and gram, you can think what it costs a citizen in South Africa 
to safeguard against these criminals. I only wish that we can have a situation like 25 years ago where we had peace and quiet, the crime was very low and there was no problem to have high perimeter walls. You could roam the streets without fear of being a victim of crime. It is not only one-to-one -one crime that is a problem in South Africa. We also have a problem with strikes, violent strikes. And the Limpopo Premier, Stan Matabata, raised his concern that protests in Limpopo are becoming more violent and both public and private property is vandalized. He warned the strikers that it will not be tolerated and additional police officers were deployed in large parts of the province in August. The problem is that the strikers have no ears, it appears to me. Several areas in Limpopo looked almost like war zones where angry residents blocked the roads with burning tires and large concrete pipes, road signs were destroyed and shops were looted. Major violence erupted in Maropong outside Alice Ross or Lepalali and protesters burned 20 buses, a satellite police station, a municipal office and a portion of a library. The reason why they went on this strike was because they want to work at the Medupi power station. Another group whose contracts expired at Madupi and are now unemployed are angry about this. Roads were blocked and several workers struggled to get to work. Violence also erupted in Zebedelia outside Mokupani, Portuguese, when residents set fires at two schools. Lieutenant Colonel Malasela Ledwaba, the police spokesman for Limpopo, said the officers at the schools were destroyed and it is not even clear what the arsonists are dissatisfied about. The police had to gather quickly when demonstrators blocked roads near the Anglo-American Platinum's Moha Laquena mine. Residents that want to work at the mine are unhappy because a school had to be moved so that mining operations could continue. The angry protesters set light to a potato truck on the N11 leading to the Botswana border at Groblesburg. Mr. Sema, the communications manager of the South African Association of Local Government, has condemned the violence. People should stop damaging municipal facilities, he says. It does not make sense. Well, no person in his right mind can think how you can burn down your schools, your libraries, your police station, your municipal offices and expect that it should be built up again for you. Sema further said to burn municipal properties, vandalism and public violence that can lead to criminal charges. It is the same as burning down your own house and furniture because you are angry about something. But the problem that we sit with is that the police do not arrest these people. Or if they arrest them, they don't know who committed the arson or who damaged the property and these people are just released again. And then we have another form of crime which is also very prevalent and that is taxi violence. A rival taxi group blocked the N1 North outside Polokwane en route to Louis Trichard. Six taxis were damaged when stones were thrown at them and a car was set alight and the traffic was backed up for several kilometers. And these strikes were only in the Limpopo province and Polokwane area, but there were also strikes in other areas. In the Nelspreit area, learners from two black schools went to a white school and caused havoc there, attacked the white pupils at the school and caused damage 
to that school. Another area which is cause for concern is the crime in malls. The police requested that people be made aware of possible robberies while shopping in large centres as the silly season has started. The police requested that people be on the lookout and ladies must clutch their bags and keep their eyes wide open when shopping and or approaching their cars. Never leave your bag on top of your purchases in the shopping trolley or dangling from the trolley en route to your car. This creates opportunities for the criminals who exploit these opportunities to carry out their evil deeds. A British resident were the victim of a horrendous house robbery on the 21st of September in the Randfontein area. He was held by knife point by a suspect while the two other robbers robbed his home. He said he was living in this house for 32 years and it was about 12.55 past midday when the incident occurred. He was on the way to watch the news when a man grabbed him from behind, pushed him to the floor and held a knife to his throat. The robber then warned him that if he moves or tries pushing any panic buttons, he will slit his throat. A blanket was pulled over his head so that he cannot identify the robber and the other two robbers then took the safe which had to be broken out and they also took the television. When they left, they hit him in the face with the metal part of a pickaxe and they left and went to their car where another suspect was waiting for them. Knight pressed the panic button. EPR and CPF sector shortly arrived on the scene. He explained that the suspects were wearing balaclavas and gloves during the incident. The one spoke very good English and the robbery spanned over a couple of minutes, maybe five, he said. His gate was opened by a pickaxe and the house was left in disarray. Coffee tables were thrown over and the bedroom left in shambles. The safe that they took contained his British passports. He commended the police for being very thorough and quick. The worrying thing is that this poor man was also targeted four months ago. He had a housebreaking um, where he changed his locks and he just dealt with the damage caused by the uh, housebreaking and now he had this robbery again. He was in the Navy for 12 years and traveled around the world twice over and said this incident will not get him down in any way. He was still positive. Now that is commendable. Another incident of carjacking that happened in Rakpen in the Gauteng area. A male was traveling on the road at 6.30 in the evening on his way home from work. He said he was standing stationary at a traffic light waiting for the robot to turn green when he felt a gun against his throat and a voice that said, open your doors. He unlocked the car doors and the hijackers then jumped into the passenger side and hit him on the face with something that he believed was a gun. He passed out from the heavy blow and woke up in front of a primary school around seven. He was helped by a person living opposite the school. Luckily, he was not seriously injured. In a separate incident in Mayfair, CCTV footage showed a group of suspected fake police officers hijacking a car at a traffic light. This happened on July the 30th. The suspect vehicle pulled in front of the victim's car at a traffic light. Three suspects got out and one of them is seen approaching the passenger seat and seemingly produced some sort of identification. The victim was ordered to the suspect's vehicle while another suspect drove off in the victim's car.
Now, this is also a very common occurrence these days that people wear police uniforms and have cars marked looking like police cars and then it's fake. On the 18th of September, two elderly people were robbed in their house in Krugerstorp which is just um, 10 kilometers away from me, happened on a calm Friday afternoon. The couple was tied up in their house by armed black attackers. The wife was asleep while her husband ran errands. She woke up to one of the attackers already on top of her and was later tied up. The attackers then waited for her husband to return home. As soon as he entered the home, the attackers held him down and tied him up. They ended up taking valuables, including two cell phones, and fled in the couple's Toyota Prado. The man was tended to by Netcare for a stab wound and was taken to hospital where he received further treatment. Also in September, a white male was chased by armed black youths on the Mosenberg beach. He managed to escape after jumping into the icy ocean. Mr. Barron, a 38-year-old teacher, said he was taking a leisurely stroll along a quieter stretch of the beach. Three black boys, who looked to be between 12 and 15 years old, ran towards him and pulled out large knives. Barron said he ran in the opposite direction, but he was faster than he was, and he realized he wasn't going to get anywhere, and he turned into the sea after a few meters. The boys followed him along the shore as he made his way towards a more populated area, wading in knee-deep water. After a short while, one of them took off his clothes and tried to follow him into the sea. Baron then went further out to waist-deep water, and that stopped the thug from following him. Baron had a bag with him with a camera and other belongings slung around his shoulder, and the boys sent on for him to get out of the sea. But he continued walking like that for half a kilometer or even a kilometer. And there was nobody on the beach to assist him. Eventually, the boys gave up following him and he got out of the water. He said he was so in shock and he could hardly breathe. He was warned by the Musenberg Community Police Forum chairperson, Frank Brockhorst, that Beach attacks happen regularly. He attends weekly crime meetings and it is regarded as a hotspot. Now that is very disturbing. If you think that the beach is there to relax, to enjoy, and then you have these incidences. The nature of the situation is that a person can escape into the dunes in a few seconds and a robbery can occur within 30 seconds. Then he said it's also the public's responsibility to walk in groups and not to be careless with their belongings. But that I think is ridiculous. Why should you be curtailed to walk freely in your country, on your beach, in your streets? If it was not for social media, we would not have been aware of these problems and we would not have been a uh, afforded the opportunity to take precautionary measures. Now listeners may think that it's only the white people that complains about the problems, which show you that it is not, that there is a daily awakening amongst blacks as well. And I have two opinions that I want to share with you. The one is Sipo Nisi, who says, the ANC have a pact with demons. Never in the history of South Africa have there been so much conspiracies, lies and deception as these days. Everything today in this country is based on personal gain, propaganda, massive noses and false pretensions where majority of liberal ANC cardholders and radical scoundrels 
are trying to swindle their way through the maze of corruption, thievery, nepotism, crime and killings from the top of the corrupt presidency that advocated racism, oppression and bribery to the bottom of the thieving ward, councillors and supporters. How on earth can a single country become so evil all at the same time thanks to the communist puppets, ANC and rampant union bosses who advocate chaos and illicit operations in the public sector workforce? This is not democracy. It is a demon crazy, and the enlightened, good citizens must stop this madness. Now, one cannot fault this opinion of Sipo Nisi. Another gentleman, Joseph Marco Nunes, described himself as not your typical black person. I assume that he is a Portuguese person, and he refers to his green up during apartheid, where they were referred to as Donker Uitlanders, or Kaffirs. His opinion is that the African National Congress create a legacy of laziness and together with his post on Facebook he had a picture of the parliament where 70% of the parliamentarians were lying back in their seats and half of them look fast asleep. He mentions that even though in apartheid things were not so good for blacks or Portuguese. He can say one thing at least that when you went to a post office, traffic department, municipal building, you were served by competent people that knew their jobs and were at work to work. Now it's just the KFC brigade that wastes people's time, black and whites and everything in between. It clearly is the ANC legacy of doing as little as possible for as long as possible. We are represented by lazy idiots in government. And another person, Simon Napi, a black male, states, ANC continue oppressing the people that promised to free. Truth be told, apartheid has not left us because of the ANC. The ANC has oppressed us more than the National Party ever did. Now, it is with concern and also a little bit of hope that I've read the reports on the Oregon shooting in America, the Russian bombing of Syria, and the attitude of President Putin of Russia. I'm quite concerned about the attitude of President Obama when he dealt with this Oregon shooting. Apparently, he decried the Oregon mass shootings and then made a 10-minute plea to take away America's guns. How is that going to stop the problem. What is really concerning me is the fact that Obama two days earlier at the United Nations gave a speech where he warned that intolerance towards Islam would not be tolerated. But then when Christians were targeted and killed for being Christian, he said nothing on their behalf. So it's a clear message to the entire country that Christians neither deserve nor will receive any special protection as Christians. Now, are you going to accept that? Christians are targeted, and especially by Islam. Now, apparently, Putin came strongly for Christians after the foreign relation chief of the Russian Orthodox Church presented evidence and statistics that stated every five minutes one Christian was dying for his or her faith in some part of the world. Now, people, if one look at what's going on around the world, I can only say Amen. Christians must stand up and we must stop this situation. Thank you for listening and have a great evening.
You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedominamericaradio.com. You gotta take care of Texas, it's the only one we got. If you're way up in Lubbock or down in Lucumbach, you gotta conserve water, keep the air clean. Take care of Texas, don't you know what I mean, y'all? Kevin Fowler here. Texans take great pride in keeping our air clean. Visit TakeCareOfTexas.org and take the pledge to help keep it that way. We'll send you a free Texas State Park Guide. You gotta take care of Texas, it's the only one we got. Sponsored by the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. Well, we're coming to another end of a radio day for the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. I enjoyed it immensely. I don't know about you guys. I had a good time today, this Monday. I know some of you are suffering, maybe got a big hangover from the weekend, but it's it's going to go away just buy you another bottle of Asperger's. <laughs> I'd like to remind you, we're on the air every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find our show. Uh, all you have to do is Google Gary Gatehouse Radio Show or Gary Gatehouse. You'll find numerous radio stations that carry the show. Different hours, different times, different locations, different countries. Oh yeah, those southern skies. It's about 92 degrees down here today. It's just a beautiful blue sky. All the birds are happy. Deer out there in the back of the uh, studio. Oh, they're all gathering around. I don't know what they're... Uh, they must be going on strike or something. They're out there every day. I don't know what they're out there for except to eat up all my grass. What I do have of it. <laughs> Wish to thank all the radio stations that carry the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Thank you from the bottom of my cotton-picking heart. (laughs) All you folks there in England, hang in there. Good days are coming, I promise. All you patriots, all you folks over there, Mr. Stephen Lang and the like, keep on trucking, brother, keep on trucking. Someday soon, I hope that maybe uh, Mr. Stephen Lang and his boys over there at Restoration Radio United Kingdom International can make the across-the-pond hookup, if you will. And maybe old Gary Gatehouse can get on one of those locally transmitted Restoration Radio United Kingdom International talk shows. Hey, I'd enjoy that. Yeah, I really would. And I understand there's some uh, announcements coming up a little further down the road, if you will, from freedominamericaradio.com. Mr. Billy Van Horn, he's working his tail off to get that radio station up there and shining like a big old shiny star in a goat's you-know-what. And uh, Mr. Billy Van Horn, that man works on an average of 15 to 20 hours a day. I don't see how he does it. I really don't. But he's got one hell of a radio station. And that radio station, folks, is freedominamericaradio.com, running 24-7 up there. And he has got a 
talk show list that would blow your boots off. That's right, he does. You need to go up there and listen. If you want to tune in and listen to talk radio at 3 o'clock in the morning, bye guys, you can do it. FreedomInAmericaRadio.com Restoration Radio, United Kingdom International, same thing. Google them, go up there and have a listen to all their talk show hosts, all of their uh, different shows that they have up there, and they're expanding every week. Mr. Stephen Lang said he has really got the ball in the court bouncing off the walls, and he is going at it with pedal to the metal. So we can only hope that somewhere down the road, uh, all those stations that broadcast the truth, all those conservative talk show stations on the Internet, we can only hope they get the recognition that they so deserve. Those guys spend a lot of money and time of their own and they hold their allegiance to no sponsor but their own billfold. (laughs) Until Wednesday, when we will be talking about a new book that David Kuplin has put out. The name of the book is The Snapping of the American Mind. We'll be talking about what he is saying is not an exaggeration when he says that in today's America, tens of millions of people are living in a delusional dream state. You know he hit the nail right on the head there. We talked about it a little bit today. The delusional state of affairs in America when it comes to the average Mr. and Mrs. Joe Sixpack in the majority, of course. All you folks that don't look up, ever look up, never utter a word, always texting on that little white screen. Some would look at you if they came from another planet and say, these people are indeed in a delusional state. This is Gary Gatehouse of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition. And folks, that's the way it is in America today. Until Wednesday, good day. Hey.